Hello, everyone, and welcome back to 20 Minutes of Something. My name is Liana with Learn by Light, the place where we bring you soul-centered energy healing and consciousness-based education to empower you as we move through these shifting waves of consciousness, remembering that we are the ones we've been waiting for. I'm so looking forward to getting into this with you. We're going to run down all of the upcoming October astrology. Now, before we get into the astrology, I will say that I was guided to pull a couple tarot cards before I started, just to get a sense of the foundational energy of this episode and maybe what is being highlighted energetically in the collective field. And the first card I pulled is the Five of Pentacles. Now, if you're not familiar with the tarot or you're mediumly familiar with the tarot, this is the card with two sort of downtrodden or disparaged figures walking in the snow walking past what appears to be a stained glass window that looks like it's sort of showing us a portal into this building with sort of like this warm inviting light but either the figures outside are too involved in their struggle to notice this refuge or part of them doesn't feel like it's accessible to them or available to them if there was a few words to describe this card it would probably be struggle or the consciousness of lack. I feel like it's important to bring up this theme because of the two cards I pulled, I really do think this card represents um, the old aspects of us, the ones that through the astrology, the intense astrology of October, are going to be the parts of us that are like, holy shit, turn off the ride. I want to get off. This is way too intense. I don't know how to make use of this. My tools you know, are not helping me feel better in this. And we have to acknowledge that that's okay. There are parts of us that are showing up that are going to feel that way about the astrology, maybe even in the process of listening to this reading about the astrology, you're going to feel those pieces kick up. But on the other side of that, the card that I pulled for the energy that we are being invited to lean into to support us through the astrology of October is the card called the hanged man. For those, again, not super familiar with the tarot or those who need a refresher, the Hanged Man is a major arcana card that is showing a person hung in the reverse by their foot. There is a sort of like golden corona or light around their crown, and their face actually looks pretty peaceful as they're hanging there upside down. The themes of this card are all about shifts in perspective. It's about being suspended possibly in something new, in the patience and the space that it takes to come into new understanding. I believe when we see these cards together, the hanged man in comparison or in contrast to the five of pentacles is really revealing the parts of ourselves that do understand already and are excited for the astrology of October because the intensity of it offers up an accelerated opportunity to optimize the energy of this time and to radically step forward into parts of ourselves that are more in alignment with our mission, why we are here on earth. The five of pentacles probably wants to slow things down. It wants to stay the same. There's parts of it that enjoy the familiarity of the struggle. The hanged man is the part that is willing to pause and, and be patient with the understanding, with the knowing deeply in their spirit that illumination is already here and available. It's just at a different frequency. 
So now let's get into the astrology. I think a perfect way to segue into what's going to show up this month is to talk about a longer term influence that has actually been active all through 2021 and through early 2022, which is just going to be reaching one of its final arrangements together in the sky before it moves on for good. That is a square, which is a hard aspect. It creates friction or tension when we feel into this energy between Saturn, the planet Saturn, and Uranus. Saturn tends to represent the old. It rules time and karma, so therefore it's become representative of institutions like education, government, things that have sort of endured in this rigid, structured way. On a personal level, Saturn really rules maturity, it rules boundaries and limitations, and it rules work in a career sense and in a life path sense. So just because it's matched up with sort of the energy of institutions and time and karma and these things that were like, oh, fuck, that's so 3D. (laughs) I wish that didn't exist. There are parts of the Saturnian energy that we really do need. It supports our focus. It supports our dedication and our commitment, our ability to follow through and see sort of the the end game or the long-term goal of anything. Saturn is a super important influence, but we have this energy that is meeting up in a tricky way with the energy of Uranus, which is the new It's the eccentric, it's the innovative. In a more collective sense, Uranus rules things like technology and space travel. It is ideas that are completely outside of the box. It is rebellious. It doesn't want to be confined in any way. It wants full freedom and creative possibility. So like I said, this is an influence that has been active for a long time now. And so this clashing, this tension between the old and the new might be super familiar at this point. But these two planets coming back to the exact degree in which they're squared is just going to highlight or kick up this energy in a more extreme way as it sees its way out. Now, I think an important thing to highlight when we're talking about old and new energies coming together with the intention of integrating is that this is not just an abstract concept. These things are going to be showing up in dense reality, in the physical body, in the thoughts, in your relationship patterns, in all areas of life. I know for me, sometimes I can get very into like the concept and be like, yes, mm mm-hmm. Gotcha. Going to look out for that. But what I neglect to remember is that these things, the old, the only way for the old to alchemize or shift into the new is for it to come up in the moment, for us to have conscious recognition and understanding that it's there, and then to make a new choice. As we maybe remember from entry-level physics or science of any kind, is that energy is neither created nor destroyed. It's only transformed. So for the new energy to emerge, it actually is just the transformed energy of the old. Now, the opportunity for this shift is going to be made most possible for the first few days of October, especially up until around the 4th or the 5th of the month. So just take note. 
take heed. Expect that the old thoughts are going to be thought through your brain. Expect that the relational patterns that you are ready to move on from are possibly going to show up in your relationships. Sometimes old ways of responding or reacting is going to show up in our bodies in ways that are uncomfortable, but no, it is just so that we can catch them, observe them, and make a new choice. This is what the Saturn Uranus square really teaches. Now, another general influence or change I sense we're going to feel energetically in October is this almost heave ho energy as a lot of planets that have been retrograde, especially through September, start to station direct and resume their forward movement in the sky. So at the time of this recording, we have Mercury, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, and Chiron all retrograde. And as the month moves forward, some of these planets are going to move out of retrogradation into more of a forward moving energy. When that happens, I sense we're going to feel a resumption of a lot of these things that have been on hold surge forward. Now, it might be nice to note some of these dates down because when planets station direct on either side of that date, both before and immediately after, these shifts in energy are most apparent. So Mercury is stationing direct on October 2nd and Mercury rules our thoughts, our ideas, our communication. So when Mercury is retrograde, we tend to be invited into the energy of re, reassessment, reconsideration, reflection. Our thoughts are almost pulled inward and it gives us a chance to slow down and analyze what is actually happening. What is the quality of energy or vibration in my thoughts, ideas, and communication? And are these in alignment with where I actually want to go? So it's this useful pause so that when Mercury is moving direct again, when there's this resurgence of mental energy, we have more clarity on where we want to go. So the other two planets that are stationing direct this month are what are considered more outer influence planets. Mercury, very close to Earth, tends to be considered a personal planet. We feel it quite strongly. When we get further away into the realms of Pluto and Saturn, for example, the influences might feel more subtle because they stay retrograde for longer and the influence isn't as apparent when they station direct. There's also almost like a larger amount of time where that shift is taking place. It's almost like if you imagine a really heavy object changing direction from a standstill to forward moving, it's going to take a lot longer than a lighter object, for example. So these might feel deeper, more subtle influences, and the outer planets also tend to relate more to the collective. So even if you aren't particularly aware of these shifts in energies, you might start to notice them in the collective field um, or when you're out in public or with other people in your life. So Pluto the planet of death, rebirth, and transformation is stationing direct on October 8th. This might bring a resurgence, a new understanding to the transformation that's been taking place while Pluto has been retrograde. 
Pluto has been retrograde since April 29th of this year, 2022. So when you look at the last six months, it might be more apparent actually what kind of transformation, what kind of rebirthing you've been doing in that time. It gets really hard to see when we're in it. And so as Pluto starts to station direct, the shifts that have taken place might become more clear for you. I also sense that as Pluto stations direct, it's going to be re-energized in terms of its mission, which is a death, rebirth, and transformation energy, almost like the goddess Kali, the creator and the destroyer. And I sense that with this forward moving energy again, this process of, of collapse and fall in order to rebuild might actually accelerate. This is especially because Pluto is moving through the last few degrees of Capricorn, Capricorn is ruled by Saturn, so on a collective level, like we've talked about, represents all of these institutions, particularly government. And Pluto has been working its way through the sign of Capricorn since 2008. And it's going to be leaving the sign to move into Aquarius in March 2023, soon. So if you think about it, Pluto is in its final go its final blast to clear out, to complete the destruction, the collapse, the fall of anything from this old order, this old system that needs to be disintegrated or dissolved before it shifts into Aquarius, the energy of the revolutionary, the collective for the people in 2023. So I sense actually there's going to be an acceleration or an increase in the changes that Pluto makes now that it's stationing direct again. And lastly, Saturn is going to be stationing direct on October 23rd, which is already a busy day because it's the day that the sun moves into the sign of Scorpio and Venus also moves into Scorpio. So this is the Halloween-y energy, the spooky season energy that we know so well. Scorpio season is ruled by Pluto, which we just talked about. So it is that energy of the underworld, the deep internal transformations, the shifts that happen when we retreat into our cave and we're quiet and contemplative and we let the mess out in new ways. And so Saturn stationing direct is going to possibly bring with it this resurgence of the ability to see and plan for the long term. Saturn has been retrograde since early June of this year, and since then you may have felt like it's hard to get a grasp on or a sense of what we're working towards, what projects need foundation, the laying of the bricks, what am I building here? These things might start to get a lot more clear as we move forward. Saturn also rules boundaries. Have our boundaries become a little bit malleable or leaky as we went through the summer months? And where are we sharpening those tools? Where are we re-establishing ourselves and our needs as we head into the fall? Now, just to add complication to things after we've spent all this time talking about the resurgence, the return of this forward moving energy, we have Mars, the planet that rules our life force, our vitality and our passion, deciding to go retrograde on the 30th of October. 
Mars didn't want to go retrograde when everybody else was going retrograde. Mars is ruled by Aries, which does represent the self. It's the independent. It was like, no, you do you. I'm going to wait till it's my turn. And Mars is going to go retrograde on the 30th of October. What makes this interesting is that it's going to likely pull our life force energy inward to again contemplate how am I using my energy? How am I using my power? How am I using sex or passion to move my life in a certain direction? And and it's this time to reassess, is that what I want to be putting my energy towards when it moves direct again? The interesting thing about Mars is that it typically spends one to two months in each zodiac sign, but it's currently on a seven month journey through the sign of Gemini, which is ruled by the twins. It's also a sign that is ruled by Mercury, which is the sign of thinking and thoughts. So as Mars has been in the sign of Gemini, I've been feeling this as a very all or nothing type influence. It's either a huge amount of energy, a lot of dedication, or nothing. I've also found this influence of Mars and Gemini to make focus really, really challenging. Mars has a quickening energy, wants to move fast, it wants to burn hot, and when it's moving through the thoughts, it feels like hamster land. It's like the thoughts can only be retained for like 0.4 seconds. It feels like doom scrolling is just like the theme of the day. Um, it feels like conversations are a little bit scattered. And so Mars moving retrograde might actually serve to bring this energy interestingly into a little bit more balance by slowing the pace of Mars to get more of a sense of what the heck is going on in our thinking, especially now that Mercury is going to be moving direct and give us a sense of finding some clarity where clarity has not previously been found. And all right, so we've already been through a lot of information. This might be a good opportunity to pause and take a breath and just notice how you're feeling as we've covered a lot already, but we are about to dive into the full and the new moon of the month. The new moon happening later in October is actually going to kick off what we call eclipse season. So let's get into it. Firstly, we're going to have a full moon, a regular full moon in the sign of Aries on October 9th. We know that the full moon represents the peak of the lunar cycle. It tends to bring things to a head. It represents closure and endings. And in the sign of Aries, Aries is the first sign in the zodiac. So it's this initiator energy. It represents the self, the ego mind, and it also has a lot to do with our identity and how we identify. So when we combine these symbolisms, we can look at the full moon in Aries on October 9th as being possibly a time where aspects of our identity reach either a peak, a reckoning, or a moment of closure and ending. This is also a time because Aries is ruled by Mars where we might see an increase in things like resentment, anger, frustration, and expressions of those things in maybe um, a less inhibited or contained way if we are sort of playing out unconscious patterns. There's ways to work with anger, resentment, and frustration in really healthful ways, but this is especially 
notable to pay attention to when we are out in public and watching the news. Now, just something to mention, which might sound really obvious, but I tend to hear a lot of when we're coming up around the time of a full moon, a lot of people start to feel a lot of energy movement and everyone's like, oh my God, this moon. And so I just thought it would be a nice opportunity to remind us all, because even I forget all the time, that at the time of something like a full moon, there are also still all of the other planets still in the sky, still making mathematical sort of contact points with everything else in the solar system. And so at the time of this full moon in Aries, we actually have a lot more going on than just the full moon. The moon is actually going to be conjunct, which just means snuggling up beside Chiron. Chiron is one of those celestial bodies. It's an asteroid that represents our deepest wounding. They're actually going to be side by side at this time of the full moon. Now, what this means is that the symbolism of Chiron, the myth of Chiron is that he was a healer, but had this wound that he couldn't heal himself. It's called the wounded healer for that reason. But that the symbolism of Chiron starts to merge and blend with the energy of the full moon in Aries at the time of the full moon. To me, what this says is that there are going to be those parts of us that open up likely around this time that need to be poured into. If Aries represents the self, this is also an opportunity to really meet these pieces because I find in myself and in my clients when these pieces come up that always need healing, always need nurturing, and they're the same pattern, the same part, the same belief, we actually get into a pattern where we want to reject that piece even more because it's annoying and it's persistent and oh my god, I can't believe this is here again. I've done so much work already. Ugh. This is an opportunity actually to lean into those tender and sore spots. It's also a time to use the energy of Aries ruled by Mars to be really assertive and to advocate for yourself and for your needs. This is a time where it's really helpful to know your values and to lean very heavily into that. And that is for more than one reason, because also at the time of this full moon, we have an opposition, signs that are across the sky from each other, between Mercury, sign of our thinking, our communication, and Neptune. Neptune tends to bring a haziness, a blurriness, or a bit of a deceptive energy to it sometimes, which to me says that all this is going on our healing, this big sort of revelation or clearing of something around our identity or self. And at the same time, our thinking might be very hazy and unclear, which as we know is a perfect storm for an absolute meltdown. And that sounds like, oh fuck, right? But this is why I love and feel so empowered by astrology because we can look ahead at some of these configurations in the sky and ask myself, how am I going to set myself up to be supported in this time? Because Neptune also rules a very spiritual and very creative energy, this is a time where it will be really useful to have creative outlets for yourself, to give yourself a lot more grace around things like deadlines and other very rigid tasks. This is a time where honestly sickness might come up. Chiron being the part of us that holds that really unconscious karmic old energy 
this is a time to really allow these things to be purified and purged through you because Aries this time around is a regular full moon. But as we move into 2023, some of the eclipses that are going to happen are going to be happening in the sign of Aries and Aries is opposite Libra. So this is a time to really allow things to just move through you because when we get into eclipses, eclipses have more of a long standing or almost permanent shift when they take place. So if things are coming up in your body, allow them to move now so that a harsher lesson, more time doesn't need to be spent nurturing yourself through this at a later date. You feel me? All right. And so that brings us to the final thing that we're going to talk about today, which is the beginning of eclipse season. Eclipse season is a period of time of around two weeks where we have a new moon in this case, and then a full moon that happen along what's called the nodal axis. So when eclipses happen, they're not actually meeting up with any other planetary bodies, but rather these are mathematical points in the sky that have to do with the configuration and the relationship between the sun, the moon, and the earth. So these are when the new and full moons intersect the plane of the ecliptic. It's a mathematical movement in the sky, which is why not all full and new moons are eclipses, but we have them that happen along certain axes within certain signs for about an 18 month period at a time. So right now we are having eclipses and we have been in the signs of Taurus and Scorpio. The nodes also can be found in our own birth charts. We have a north node and a south node in our birth chart, which tends to represent parts of deep soul significance for us. Karmic, sometimes, and definitely destiny-related points in our own personal birth charts. So when we have eclipses, this represents significant moments for our collective history, our collective destiny. Right now, the North Node, which is the energy that we are moving towards, is in Taurus, and the energy that we are moving away from is Scorpio. This, again, this is where it gets really interesting, because on the 25th of October, we have a partial solar new moon eclipse in Scorpio. I will say that again. It's a partial solar, so part of the sun is going to be eclipsed, new moon, in Scorpio. So astronomically, this is when the moon comes between the sun and the earth, which is why the sun temporarily becomes eclipsed by the shadow of the moon. Energetically, eclipses tend to represent the loss of light in a lot of ways, which is why there are always surprises that happen around eclipses. Typically new and full moons have about a two week arc because that's the time it takes for the lunar cycle to go from the beginning to the end and back again. Whereas with eclipses energetically, we say that they have usually around a six month arc, an influence of around six months and that shifts that happen around the time of eclipses tend to be pretty permanent or at least quite long standing. I'm not going to lie. I think this 
is probably going to be the most intense part of the month. When we look at all things considered, it's an eclipse. It's in the sign of Scorpio, which we know represents death, rebirth, intensity, transformation. It wants to bring us to the deepest parts of ourselves that are still holding pain and grief and untruth and bring them to the surface. Combine that with the fact that Scorpio is currently in the south node, the energy that we are moving away from on a soul level karmically we need to be clear of so that we can move in the direction of our destiny this is happening on a personal level and so expect and even schedule time around this new moon eclipse on the 25th to have time to process grief and intensity especially around intimate and close relationships because this new moon eclipse is happening conjunct Besides snuggling up in the sky with Venus that represents our intimacy, our sensuality, our closeness, our longing to be connected and in relationship with other people. This is a time where I feel like we are going to be asked to clear and process and scream cry out our rejection wounds, this deep pain that whether or not we are consciously aware of informs our decision making and what we think is possible and available to us. You know, Carl Jung has one of my favorite quotes that says, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will lead your life and you will call it fate. I really sense that because this is an eclipse, this is going to be happening on a a global level and honestly to get weird and witchy because it is spooky season intergalactically i think earth really is shifting its position in the solar system in terms of humans ability to wake up to our multi-dimensional consciousness the ability to be in powerful creative control of what we create with our own consciousness so when we look at a big new beginning in terms of what's been hidden by Scorpio, the rules, the depth of the emotional self. I think on the global level, we're going to be seeing a lot of deceit and lies be revealed and exposed. And on a personal level, I think it's going to invite some deep inquiry of why we've limited ourselves and our possibilities based on our constructed beliefs of how we engage in relationship and what we believe is true for us. So whether or not this is related, I don't really know. But as soon as I recorded that, all of my technology stopped working. Everything I've been using to record this entire episode to this point has been going fine. And everything just stopped working. Nothing was playing back. Had to unplug everything, reset everything, restart everything. But I feel like that in itself is a little bit of a metaphor for this new moon in Scorpio eclipse energy which is that there are forces that be both in the universe, um, non-physically, but also within our own psyche, our own self, our own energy field that want to actively work against our shifting. Because I've spoken about this before, as we shift away from the unconscious, the unconscious also has an energy and is invested in the survival of itself. So there will be pushback. There will be resistance. This warring consciousness is to be expected when we move through big change. So if I can close out this episode with any sort of light, 
to pay attention to, which is move towards your resistance. So usually with new moons, we want to set these intentions. We want to we want to look in the direction of where we're going. And we always need to keep that in our hearts, the intention of why we show up, why we incarnated, what we're here to do, whether or not we know what that is tangibly, or if we know what feeling we are seeking. Is it fulfillment? Is it purpose? Is it love, connection, community? It's always important to have an anchor on the direction that we are going. But for this month, I sense our our transformation is going to take place in the arena of our resistance. So if you can find, locate, and turn towards your resistance, you are doing absolutely all of the work that you need to. And all that means is understanding that the resistance is the key to the shift and transformation. If we can hold the resistance in our awareness, that is absolutely all we need to do over time. It will dissolve through the presence of our witnessing of it. I know that sounds like hokey pokey magic, but please trust me, when you feel resistance come up this month, when you notice annoyance, when you feel the uncertainty or the unclarity, lean into it and look at it as square in the face. Use that Aries fucking energy to just square it down and say, I am so here with you. It is hard and I'm not going anywhere. I'm not leaving. I know that the gold and the magic is how I can use my will to stay right here in presence with you. Now, wishing us all the best of luck. Remember to stay empowered this month, to plan ahead, to schedule self-care and love for yourself. Give yourself a lot of grace. Give yourself a lot of space and know that I am always here to support you. Send me a message. Send me a DM if there's anything in this episode that you'd like to chat about. I am so looking forward and excited to hear how we all show up on the other side of this because know, trust, and believe that this is creating mega space for things that are so much more incredible than we can even conceive of right now. So I will chat with you again next time when we meet somewhere else in the cosmos. Bye for now.